Hey, ladies and gents, it's Rob Bass from the GeekCast Live podcast, and you're listening to the Movie Podcast Network. If you like what we do here, or if you're just bored, head on over to patreon.com and give us some love, or some cash, or change, or a tip jar, or whatever you're feeling. Patreon.com is a place where you can support us, other podcasters, other creatives, and uh, just give a little back to those that you like. Check us out. Look up Geekcast Live at patreon.com and support us any way you can. We would appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him, check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. It's a trap! Buckle up, everybody. Welcome to season four of the Geekcast Live podcast. I am your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass with a hot poker, apparently. <laughs> it's Nico. And Cartoon Joe. <laughs> and we are back after a month-long hiatus. Hey, uh, bet- welcome. Woo! I bet you missed us. Better have. And if Lots you did miss you us, I highly suggest going to our Patreon page and finding our outtake Easter egg. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did get together and we, we, recorded, we thought about you. We recorded our plugs and we thought it was funny enough for your approval. And so on Patreon at the $10 level, we have our first ever uh, bonus episode, if you will. Um, there for your for your. Listening pleasure. Amusement. And so, uh, and Dino, Gomez. Much more content up there. Brett, I know that you guys are all Patreon backers. You're just not backing at the level that gets you access to the thing. So, just throw that out there. Good, good call, Nick, and reminded me about that. That was nicely done. I've listened to it several times this week when I've been feeling low. It makes me. I don't know if I, I, I channeled like a 80 year old smoker at the end there. <laughs> I actually thought that I might have, I might have actually widowed my, my girl. Sadly. I, 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 I was, don't think I've ever laughed like that in my entire life. It was like a hyperventilated deep <laughs> guffaw with I a chest nothing. cold. It was awesome. I, I had nothing left in me. Uh, I don't want to give up. The, I don't want to give up the punchline. But when it was said, no, 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 don't taint it. it was, I'm not uh, going to. I'm not going to give it up. But I lost my shit. I for sure lost it. And I keep. There's other things in there that I'd kind of forgotten when I listened to them on the playback, just like when I was 
messing around the house. It just it makes me laugh out loud. I'm listening on my headphones, so you know <laughs> the wife looks at me like, "What is it? The same thing? Are you laughing at the same thing?" Yeah, it's funny every time. Sorry, <laughs> hey, you yeah. uh, you had headphones, and and listeners, if you have uh, an opinion, please say it. Um, if I was in the market for, am Zimota. I a poser if I get myself some Beats by Dre? Yes, yeah. You're a you're a Zimota you're a lemming. Is what you want. Vmoda is giving me free shit. Yeah, no, Vmoda so, is where it at. Like, if you want to spend money on headphones, they have incredibly high quality, wonderful definition, just amazing headphones. I could not recommend them enough. They're actually what I use for the show. Yeah. Do they have the wireless thing down? Uh, I think they do have wireless headphones now. Actually, if that was yes, the thing you were looking for, yeah, that's that's key to me. Yeah, they they definitely. Uh, I'm looking at their page now. They definitely have wireless headphones now. So, okay, so I yeah. don't want to be like Pharrell. No, you do not. You want you almost want never. You mo to okay. give me free shit. Well, I, I I own the hat, like the big like Ranger Rick hat. So I oh, thought that I'd makes that makes sense. Beats you might too. as well go with Beats then at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to take us there, but Nick said headphones, and I'm in the market. So, Vmoda. Speaking of headphones. <laughs> And speaking of Lemony Snicket, um, the the best work of Lemony Snicket is the Latka who couldn't stop screaming. In case anybody was wondering, no. were we speaking of Lemony Snicket? I was. Oh. Were we? Okay. Were we? Have you watched any of that yet, Nick? Uh, you uh, know, I can't series? watch it for at least a month. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> well, okay. sure. well, I'll get back to you in a month then, and we'll we'll, we'll discuss mm-hmm. it some. Yeah, it's on, it's on my it's on my list. For those of you who have been waiting a month only to listen to like 20 minutes of insane babble, um, we do have guests coming up later this episode. And I, I, I'm hoping you'll enjoy who they are. It's, it's Chris Dalby and Allison Montavo from the Song of Ice and Fire discussion group. And uh, they've got some cool updates for us. So stay, yeah. if you stay, if you stay through this part of the show, you will be rewarded. Endure it and you'll be rewarded. You know what I keep forgetting is that that discussion group actually has a name other than the big group. Right? <laughs> like when I talk about it in casual everyday conversation, I'm like, yeah, so I was chatting in the big group. Or someone <laughs> posted something in the big group. There's almost as many people in that group as there are in stadiums that watch sporting events. Mm-hmm. There's more people in that group that Wrigley Field can hold. I think that there's more people in that group amazing. than in Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> that also not as amazing. Could be possible. That also might be true. So anyway, a lot of things have happened in the months since we've been off. I can't remember if Carrie Fisher died before or after we signed off. It was after. I think it was after. I think after. It was after. So we lost our princess. We lost our general. We lost George Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just lost Mary Tyler Moore today. Yeah, no, um, I saw that actually. It's uh, uh, 2016 really, really wrapped up in a fantastic way, did it not? Uh, it wrapped up that's in a, word, a way, right? that's for sure. <laughs> it wrapped up in a way. <laughs> Dick four. The the arbitrary, arbitrary march of time continued, and we decided to change our calendars over. Rob says. <laughs> Uh, the year was wearing reading glasses to show the time had passed. 
<laughs> they were the cool 2017 ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did get an episode eight title for Star Wars. Just leave it off. Yeah, I think true. It's, it's kind of lame, but what what is I, it again? It's the, the last, last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really fucking limp. It's yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it too. Like, uh, I I'm sure that it will tie in with the movie, but like, could you have not been like, could you have hit it any more on the nose? Were you like, I'm just who said like, how did the, how did the round table go for that? Like. <laughs> Hey guys, so we've got this uh, Star Wars movie that we're making, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, episode 8. So what should we call it? Well, I mean, we've got, you know, uh, more Jedi in there. We've got, uh, well, we've got Luke Skywalker. He's, you know, uh, right now the last Jedi. So we've Ooh, got the last Jedi, that and then really... we've got... Just quit talking. We're just going with that. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh just, the, just the last Jedi? But there's, okay, but there's well, more than one right. Jedi. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll iron no, that's it out fine. Right. post-production. All right. Okay. Honestly, well, I'm just looking off. forward to when he drives the Red Bull back into the sea and then all of the other Jedi come back out of the waves. <laughs> what? Did, you, did you go strange Bible reference? No, I went last unicorn reference. Oh, who? <laughs> Even better. <laughs> the last unicorn. It's a, a pretty horrific uh, animated film from the 70s. That I would recommend to anyone. Yes. <laughs> oh, strange uh, ranger. That was that. That did get a little. That weird last there, Jedi right? took all the wind out of my sails. <laughs> well, we can go ahead and just call it quips for the years now. Like that. I think. I think my problem with it is that like the Force awakens. But there's all right. One like that, 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 that follows the trend the of like the Phantom Menace and uh, and, and, and a That's new hope. Rob, bad names are not a trend. Bad titles are not a trend. It, it, no, I think the it, Phantom it, I, Menace I it was is fun. the single worst movie title ever put on <laughs> this earth. I absolutely ever. disagree. I thought that it was incredibly fitting. Give me a worse one. It's not. Uh, You're wrong. I uh, uh, a worse movie title. No. Tusk. Tusk. Wrong. (laughs) Human centipede. (laughs) Wrong. I think what I was getting at. Why is Phantom so bad? (laughs) Ghost Dad. (laughs) That's a a season two callback when Rosillo and Akineski were still Oh, yes. I think what I was getting at is that how can the Force awaken? But there's only one Jedi. Well, okay. To to clarify, Jedi and Sith are not the only Force users in the entirety of the Star Wars universe, and that's even okay. canon now what? because of Chirrut. Do you um, think they're, Do you Rogue think that's one. what they're doing, though? Absolutely, and the, and there's actually even more canon stuff with that in uh, Rebels because there's uh, something called the Bendu, but. Uh, <laughs> Hmm. I haven't watched any Rebels, so I don't. I can't speak with any more authority on that. Yeah, there yeah. are more than like the, the the Jedi and the Sith are not the like the the only factions that are force sensitive. Yeah, in the Star Wars. Well, game. you know what? They should be. Why? They should. Be. <laughs> they should build a galactic wall. Because not everything has to be an equal opportunity special <laughs> power. Fucking it's, it's, New Age 
twat. It's not. What? You okay there? You okay there, Nick? The midichlorians no. are the key to all of this. I know. I know it'll make Nick feel better and be less angsty, guys. I have the key. I can solve it. You ready? Do it, Jar Jar Banks. For the love of God, do it. Marvel Infinity casting news. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Peter the Hit Dinklage, me. Peter the Dinklage is going to be in the MCU for a, at least for a multi-picture gig. Now we all so, know Nick is upset that he was uh, previously attacking mutants in a movie, and before that, that character was actually a six foot four black guy. But I'm extremely upset. So, whom is the Dinklage playing in the MCU? I'm really it like it's, it's it's some some like Holdor thing something I never heard of. Murdoch. <laughs> I don't think it's Modok now. Yeah, that that yeah, he's playing Murdoch. Murdoch. This means something. I know it. Uh, what about the Watcher? <laughs> Peter Dinklage as Howling Mad Murdoch in a weird eighteen oh, reboot of the of the Bradley Cooper eighteen reboot. <laughs> All I care about is who plays B.A. Baracus, because I'm pretty sure we had a Quentin Rampage Jackson episode last year. Um, we did. If if does it, does it have to Murdoch, be Kevin Hart? Does it have to be no, Kevin Hart based on? No, I'm I'm saying if Howling Mad Murdoch is being played by Peter Dinklage, and yeah. he was and he was played in the uh, remake by Charlotte Copley, that in the remake of Bradley Cooper's A Team. B.A. Brackus is played by Michael Stipe from R.E.M. <laughs> so we're doing kind of a Joe break the fourth wall recast kind of deal? Yeah. Okay. Um, now that that's been cleared he, up. Or he's played by Barack Obama. Um, that now, we're, now we're talking. Barack oh, Obama as B.A. Baracus is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dinklage I, gives uh, you that power. I uh, put it the pool. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, let me be clear. I have pity for fools. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a lot of fun, actually. Saturday Night Live skit. <sighs> anyway, I think the Dinklage. I, I'm with you, Rob. I think he's playing the Watcher. I could be really down for that. I think that would work really well. It ruins our Stan Lee is the Watcher. Reddit which probably techno which, babble, but which which should be the case as far as I'm concerned. But Nick, does that side mean you're tired to talk about Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> well, what else? I don't know. Happened? I don't. I do not know any of the peripheral Marvel characters that you're naming. You could just be making stuff up. So how do you know we're not? I. It's fine if you are. Oh. <laughs> Totally fine. I I don't need or care about any more Marvel characters. Marvel does have big news coming tomorrow, though. I don't know if you guys saw that on their on their I, Twitter. I did. I, I'm really excited to see what it is. I don't know what I I'm. I don't think. Do you think it's going to be movie related? I, I wonder. If they took happen. our show seriously and they've reacquired the X Men rights. Oh, don't tease me. <laughs> I'm saying Bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four. And that's not uh, exciting news. No oh, one, no one cares about Fantastic Four anymore. 
It is if you're if you're going to recast it, not make it an origin story and just pop them right in the middle of the Infinity War. Oh yes. God! Which is starting filming this week. How about Who's it? Type, who just did like a mad keyboard type scramble? Oh, that's me. Sorry. No. What did you search up? Uh, Marvel news. Oh. Just in general. I hope Spider-Man: Homecoming flops massively. Yeah. I wish that upon you. Yes, I do. The first non-origin story reboot you hope fails. Yeah, because I want it to – I'm not going to see it as strictly as a social protest because of the Tobey Maguire era. Uh, <laughs> You're protesting because, the Tobey Maguire era? Yeah, because they made how many <laughs> shitty Spider-Man movies to this point? You've Three? stolen enough people's money with Spider-Man. Now burn. <laughs> I love that you're protesting the Tobey Maguire era. Yeah. I want a Facebook page in movement <laughs> stat. That's like boycotting <laughs> Apple because Steve Jobs didn't have anything to do with his daughter in the 80s. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like, I just want to go ahead and let you know exactly how dumb that sounds. Steve Jobs didn't trick me via his poor parenting into purchasing his products. So I, <laughs> well, I that's look at it a little less dispassionately. I had every reason to. I had every reason to believe the first Star or Spider Man was going to be an okay flick. Your arguments right now and on I was, both sides of this aisle are on fleek. I'd, throwing that out there, I'd argue his poor parenting is what gave him the laser focus to make such great products. <laughs> yeah, his douchebaggery is what leads to my technology happiness. So, I mean, I don't condone it, but I'm not exactly out anything. Oh, I see. So now I understand. But maybe if he had more to do with his daughter, the product would have been better. It's true. Maybe we wouldn't be stuck with fucking Tim Cook now. Fair. And boy, are very we stuck. Fair. Boy, are yeah. we stuck with that lack of visionary. <laughs> Sack of suet. Oh. God. Uh-huh. Wait, that's Wayman Manderly. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. Maybe I'm the only one, but I hope it flounders. You are. So, some other news that happened in our break. Uh, the Winds of Winter um, did not come is out. Not, is not yet released. So there's also <laughs> that. I've had thoughts. This is uh, uh, kind of out there comparatively. I don't know if any of you guys have seen anything about this, but Amazon's doing something really cool. They just uh, recently started up. Um, I guess you can um, subscribe to this uh, service where they will uh, – and you get to like select an age group for like your kid or whoever you're going to subscribe to this uh, service. And uh, you get this like kit of science projects every month and it's just really fucking dope. I don't know why anybody hasn't done anything like this yet and Amazon's the outlet for it. Everybody uses it and it's got everything there. So I looked at really it today. It's, to uh... see. Can you send? Can you send us the like the, a link or something to that? I would like to investigate that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll put, uh, I'll put it up you in can the show notes check too. it out on our uh, Facebook page on uh, Geekcast no, no, Live. No, 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 no. I just I want you to send it to me. You, you want the only person that There's listens to this asshole slowly. Fighter, right? Shampoo <laughs> yeah. bottle over there. Oh, <laughs> shove it right up. I, I, I looked shove it up today. Up. There's there's three age brackets. It looks like uh, three to four. Five to seven, and then like eight to thirteen. 
Um, mm. And so I'm guessing that the the level of sciency or intrigue, not intrigue, uh, what word am I looking for? Difficulty maybe uh, obviously boosts depth. with the depth might be the word I'm looking for with the age group. So uh, it's, it looks like it's 19.99 a month. They send it to you in a box, kind of like Loot Crate. So that's pretty cool. I think it's very yeah, cool. So go Amazon. That's really like that. That's seriously something that's really uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm all about that. I want to investigate that substantially. Be neat if it actually saves Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> well played. We'd have to stop the deforestation of the rainforest, I think, to do that, Joe, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, they're, uh, they've been operating at a loss for like six years. What? Well, stop yourself. Yeah, their model sucks. But Moving on. Uh, Logan trailer came out while we were gone. Yes. Spe- speaking of Marvel and dead horsing. Might not. It has yet. It has yet to have gotten an R rating. At this uh, point. Better hurry up. No, I think it recently did. Did it just get it? I, I think that like it, it like this week had gotten its R rating. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. I actually think they'll go the other way. They, they've got to make that a. They've got to capture that teen audience, so they'll they'll, they'll dumb like it down. G. No, no, G they'll, they'll 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 trim it down enough to be PG thirteen. Why? They they were going because for they, an R rating to begin with. I don't buy it. They did it with Deadpool. Fox Deadpool's own Deadpool. What is this like? Do you just live Honestly, in a world uh, of alternative yeah, facts? Fox owns Deadpool. I, I refuse to believe that. That's uh, um, no. <laughs> that would just mean that Fox, like, you, you that mean that Fox made a good movie. Alternative facts. It's blowing my mind. That would mean that Fox One made a good movie, which mm-hmm. I refuse to believe. And two, you can't just duplicate magical one-offs. And and I don't think anything in the in the Wolverine story arc is going to capture that kind of. It is officially rated R, by the way. Yeah. Did, did it get its rating? Then it'll yeah. officially yeah. lose money. As of two days ago. How, why? But you heard it why here first. Why would it lose money? Deadpool will, was the highest grossing R-rated because film Because the Wolverine story arc is tired, and the last one barely did anything. So I just also um, rated our uh, rated our movies generally make less money than PG thirteen movies, which is which is fair, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it, it's going to be completely outcast because it's an R rated movie now. I bet I bet if you gave it a PG-13 rating, it would make more money than it's going to make as a rated R movie. However, I want it to be rated R. So Yeah, I, I think it will be a I, better I also, film for having its R rating. I also still think it's going to be a phenomenal film based on the trailers. Yeah. Trailers have done it nothing but justice. Uh, the, the music involved, the um, old Patrick Stewart saying fuck is funny to me. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that the X-Men comics exist in the X-Men universe. It's a little weird, but Yeah, it's a dystopian yeah. future. It's a little a little meta. I've never I mean I love some meta stuff, so I'm good. What's the your only thing that can make fan? it better is a uh a Deadpool cameo or maybe a Deadpool old Logan. Team what do you up. think about what do you think about Pierce Brosnan most likely being cable? I'm not upset about it actually. No, I think that's that's probably fine. Is he going to have his? That was mustache? a very, very like soft sell there, Joe. 
Yeah, you're like the world's okayest oh, it, DM. It, it, it'll be good. I'm a master of understatement. <laughs> has anybody seen Has anybody seen Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse? Uh, just, no. Just hmm. I, I did watch The Hateful Eight the other night, though. How is that? Um, well, it's one of those, if you like Quentin Tarantino, it's great. If you don't like Quentin Tarantino, it's good. Insufferable? No, no, in no way is it insufferable. I mean, it's, it's, it's genre-y, if that's a did, word. Did you hear the, did you hear the, um, uh, kerfuffle yep. about the, the guitar? That he smashed? Yeah. Uh, no, I I know nothing of any fluffle. So, so so Quentin Tarantino gets a hold of like the like American heritage music. You video. told me that. Did you tell us the story once? Maybe I, you I did. This, now, now it's starting to I don't, come back. I don't remember it. I didn't hear the story. Well, they give him like a like a like a one hundred year old Gibson guitar. It's been played. It was, it was played by like you know some you know someone of note, and it was in the museum. It's a irreplaceable guitar it's an irreplaceable repiece of americana and there's a scene in the hateful eight where he's playing where the guitar is being played and then kurt russell grabs it and smashes the guitar against the wall well no one told him that we're gonna like like end scene swap this guitar that's priceless out with just any old guitar and you're gonna smash just generic guitar Oh man! So Kurt Russell destroys this this unreplaceable piece of American history <laughs> all over the fucking place. He does wreck that thing. And oh, um, it, it's, wow. it's a it's a really long movie. Uh, it's you know unnecessarily long, uh, but I mean it is good. But it's very it's avant garde, Tarantino ish. It's probably but my it's favorite funny. Channing Tatum. Um, it's up there. It's it's top. It's top three Tatum's. Right. But where there's, there's, it's number three behind Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL. No, <laughs> b- behind yeah. the second Magic Mike and the first G.I. Joe. Oh, nice. <laughs> Duke Tatum is the man. Duke Tatum, who has said publicly, according to a cracked article I read, sourcing, um, that he, if it wasn't for the fact that he signed like a four picture contract, there's not a chance in hell he'd have been in that many G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> Admirable. Yes, very. Verily. Actually, I, my favorite Tatum is what what the hell was that that just nut job Cohen Brothers flick with uh Hail Caesar? Yes. Yes. I'm not happy I paid money for that, but Tatum was good in it. <laughs> it's sitting <laughs> on my DVR right now. Should I delete it? No, no, it's it's a perfectly fine DVR. You didn't pay for it, did you? No. Well, I pay for HBO. No, it, it, it's so a perfectly like, fine HBO consumption. facto. Yeah, no, you're you're perfectly fine with that. Has anyone seen Grindhouse? If you ask me that again, I'm going to <laughs> come through this phone and throat punch you. <laughs> is there is there a salient topic you'd like to discuss about Grindhouse? It's weird. Um, I just watched Kurt Russell Profound. kill a, a a car full of women with a car very graphically. Like one girl's leg flies off. Another girl in the back seat takes like the front 
That's Tarantino's new thing. Tire to the face. It's brutal. Now there's some sassiness going on with some finger waving, some hands on the hips. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Oh, this is the one that's like Death Proof and Planet Terror. Gotcha. Yes. I think I'm watching Death Proof right now. I just got done watching Planet Terror. Gotcha. I saw a cracked video about Death Proof once, but... Really? Yeah, there's a good Dan O'Brien, what happened to this character that no one paid attention to uh, episode. I'll tell you, it'd be great if Cracked would just kind of absorb us into like a... There's a good chance all we'd have to do is like apply. Like a subsidiary. Just send Mm -hmm. them a card. Yeah, basically. Nick, get on that. I'm on it. <laughs> well, we do. We do have. I mean, we do have <clears throat> guests that we probably can't keep waiting. So, guess. if anybody doesn't have anything else to add to the what happened while we were gone, besides the Antichrist being inaugurated into the White House, oh, uh, uh, Ooh, I went to New York for New Year's and yeah. visited a bookstore that you got to go to if you ever get the chance. It's called The Strand. I'd never heard of it before, but they have like 18 miles worth of books on their shelves. And uh, I picked up uh, two of the books of the Dark Tower series for I think my total cost was about twenty dollars. And they were like the nice hardcover editions. So strand. mm -hmm. It's a really excellent bookstore and they've got other really cool things. And if you're into rare books, they've got that. Um, but they've got like their, especially if you, if you just wanted to pick up, uh, like mass market paperbacks or, um, they also have a service where you can like buy books by the foot. If you just want to like have a library of books that you can show people, um, it's pretty neat. So I recommend them. Do you control over what books are in the foot? Uh, not directly. Um, you can control what type of books they are. Okay. Like you can say, I would like uh, a foot of books on politics, please. And they'll try to find you books on politics that stack up to about a foot. That's brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, that's actually really cool. Yeah. It's also just a badass bookstore. It's like four stories and, oh man, it was great. Bibliophile dream. Where was it at again? It's in it's in New York City, but you can find them online. Uh, let me f- see if I can find their uh, website real quick. Uh, you can find them online at strandbooks.com. <laughs> Fantastic. That makes sense. I added those keyboard noises in post-production, by the way, in case you were wondering. I, li- I liked it. <laughs> really meta of you. It really it makes the, the searching seem more intense. <laughs> <laughs> shall we bring on guests we probably should, we probably yeah. should. hey um, guests well we do have two guests tonight though so let's not let's not lose too much of a trajectory Nick didn't have to add that part what the trajectory <laughs> part Anyway, one voice you no, should we recognize. Need to, we needed to level it at you specifically. <laughs> You're the problem child here. One voice you should recognize. This is his third time on the show. And then one voice is delightful and a new voice on the show. <laughs> we have the editors of the anthology Delve, 
Chris Dolby. Hey, everyone. Please stop sending me marriage proposals since the last time I was on. <laughs> and Alison Montavo. Hey, boys. How are we doing? Welcome. Great. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great that's to have you guys. Both that's of a you. pleasant. Awesome. That might be the most pleasant guest voice we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, there's. You're too kind. It's not quite the velvety tones of Dr. Arnold Blumberg. <laughs> or ASAP. I'll tell you, it is pleasant to the yeah. ears. The velvety tones of Dr. Arnold Blumberg are truly amazing. If when you're hearing this, Arnie, we love you. I, you know what, Dolbs? I actually forgot that you and uh, Dr. Blumberg were. Uh, um, Peers, I guess, contemporaries, friends. Uh, well, yeah, because uh, Dr. Arnold Blumberg's significant other is one of my closest friends, Natalie Litovsky. Mm. Oh, there you go. Name drop. Small world. <laughs> we often play Six Degrees with Chris Dalby. It's uh, just a fun little thing we do. Yeah, but none of you are going to get past degree two. You can't take it. <laughs> well, Nick, Nick might. We all know that he's passed. I have a high pain tolerance. <laughs> Yikes. So to the pain. So you guys have been busy. Well, I mean, you know, editing an anthology and all. We've been trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uncharted waters, but <laughs> definitely trying. Well, tell us a little bit about uh about Delve and this uh this whole project. Yeah, tell us how it came about. Um, so originally the, um, the concept, as we talked about on, on the last time I was on, um, our Facebook group has been, has been growing. We're now well over 50,000 people and we've been trying to, to get together a lot more at, at different conventions. And the, the goal of Delve is to raise funds to help our members, um, go to Worldcon 75, which is next August in Helsinki, Finland. And so Delve was... Uh, originally just a fun idea, like nine, ten writers um, each. No one, none of us published, none of us professional writers, but each of us trying our, our hand at the craft for the first time and seeing what stuck. Allison was, uh, came on board very early on as, as an editor. Um, and as we were reading the stories, we decided, actually, this, this could be more than, uh, than we thought. This, um, we, we decided to move past just um, you know, marketing it around our friends and, and to really make something of it. Um, so Alice and I in recent uh, months have been learning not just how to edit, but how to put together a book, how to structure it, how to um, – the, the lovely cover was designed by Alison herself. I've been tackling the, the whole Amazon self-publishing um, thing. But ultimately what this is is a story – is a set of nine stories, each of which – fantasy or sci-fi – each of which from cover to cover goes deeper and deeper into fantasy and fiction. Uh, so when you read the book, um, whether you find the stories to your taste or not, whether you like one or nine, um, they will take you in nine different directions. There was no unifying theme um, to this book. We we let we really let um, the authors have free reign with their creativity. Yeah, and I'm, I ended up very happy with you know how it all ended up getting put together, even though there was some concern that with no guiding theme. It might <laughs> end up a little bit disconnected, but I'm very pleased with how it all turned out. 
I mean, it's a, it's just an awesome showcasing of new writers. Uh, I, I think like there, there are some pieces that I definitely like more than others, mm-hmm. but it was just a, a great way, rate, a great way to showcase people getting into writing and trying their hand at publishing and such. Thank you. Well, and, and you know, we, 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 um, the goal, obviously the goal here was to give new writers a voice. Um, as we go, this was the first in what I hope to be a series of many where Alison and I are already thinking about how to do the, um, the second anthology. We can come back to that later in the show if you want. But what this was Absolutely. for me, what this was, um, was more than a project of love. I think you have a lot of, of writers out there, you know, a lot of fantasy fans who one day I'll write a book. One day I'll, I'll, I'll finish my story. One day I'll mm-hmm. be the next George R. R. Martin. Well, I don't know if the, if the writers in here will be the next George R. R. Martin. But they did write a book. They did. Yeah. They did finish this work. Um, it is going to send people to Helsinki, um, and I think it is a testament to the will of, of a small group of people who just wanted to get their ideas on paper and wanted people to read them. And, and the feedback has been positive, as you said. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not every story mm-hmm. is for everyone's liking, but we stand by what we produced. Rob, Rob, you. you feel a very subtle. Um, Dolby coming at us for not meeting our deadlines. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But that's that was not what I mean at all. And for the record, is the one who actually named this anthology. Yeah, he. That's true. And that's you've true. redeemed yourself by allowing us on here. So, well, you know, yeah. Okay, well, that's all we had to do. <laughs> sure. uh, and this has been episode one of season four. Redeemed. Thanks for coming on and. Uh, <laughs> um. Thanks for I know that I what I haven't I haven't finished the entire anthology. So full disclosure, but uh, Dolby, I did read yours, knowing that you were coming on the show. So, um, very very American gods, Neil Neil Gaiman of you. That is a tremendous compliment. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was uh, that was a very interesting story. Uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm very happy with the, with the feedback I got on it. It was, um, the story was actually, <clears throat> um, inspired by, a, 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 an Iraqi friend of ours, uh, Rua on the group who was telling us last summer about how it was impossible to keep cool in, in summertime Iraq. Huh. And I was playing around with the idea. I was playing around with like, that's that actually sounds quite fun. Like someone desperately trying to keep cool. How would you do that? How would you add a fantasy twist to that? And so from that very pedestrian idea, from like the most basics of things you do, um, came the idea of the gods and came the idea of the different pantheons. Um, and I'm going to keep that universe going, actually. I'm working on the next couple of stories um, in that world. With that, same, with that same character uh, for the development or just that, that concept? Um, no, it's that good. It could be... No, it's going to be so. One one story is going to be about the uh, prayer the prayer customer service department in heaven, mm-hmm. um, and the tedious bureaucracy there. And the other one I'm working <laughs> on is um, four random gambling gods from various ancient cultures are thoroughly bored. They've tested every single method of gambling in the world, and they suddenly discover that they have never bet on pigeon racing, and they become obsessed with pigeon racing and all its intricacies. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, if you were, I mean, if you were a god, that's fantastic. I mean, that's just 
What well, else would well, you do? My, my feeling is that after that's published, uh, pigeon racing is going to replace the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Probably draw more viewers at this point. It's most likely yeah. better than Thursday night football. So <laughs> it's going to become the National Flying League. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to retain the NFL acronym then. Well, yeah, you've got to give people a hook to keep them watching. Gotcha. You're going to get them like little tiny jerseys that they're going to participate in or? How's that work? I, I haven't. I haven't thought about. Well, they organized by I'm, team. Is it going to be an individual thing? I mean, how how far are you willing to take this down the rabbit hole? Okay, you know what? You'll have to bring <laughs> me back on on season five. I'll have to work out the entire rules of the International <laughs> Flying League. <laughs> What's it like though? Being, I mean, as of right now, you're the de facto commissioner of the NFL. Well, actually, I was going to offer it to Ryan Elliott. Oh, um, good guys! Yeah. I barely manage our fantasy football league, so <laughs> the, problem, has, the problem being is I'm, I'm Britishly managed. I'm British and French, and um, as has recently been shown, most Americans don't know there's a world outside their borders. So I think it's just going to be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very glad you like the story. I know there's I know there's islands in the Caribbean. I know that. For sure. <laughs> Doesn't America have a hat? Canada. America's ass hat. No. Yes. <laughs> well, I, uh, I actually <laughs> read uh, uh, a couple of them, but I think one of my favorite ones was uh, Daniel McNell's uh, The End in the Beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just uh, really, really like just – beautifully barbaric uh piece especially at the beginning but i i really really enjoyed the characters and the development um that torture scene was was uh kind of rough like it was uh it was well done yeah i'm a big fan of that story also it has a very joe abercrombie type vibe to it it does name dropper what? Did <laughs> you cast right? No. <laughs> and that story was was all the more fitting because I think all the other stories have a fairly like not optimistic, but they're they're high fantasy. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that story went into the gritty, like low, dirty battlefield. Fun. No, yeah. No, I, and I I really enjoy that sort of stuff. It was just it was right up my alley. It was uh it was I picked two random stories out of it to read before this, and I'm gonna go through the rest of them. But uh, I, I'm really glad that that was one of them that I uh, grabbed a hold of. Uh, the other um, one was a a sparkling heart of stone, and uh, I wasn't I didn't know what I was really getting into whenever I picked it because that was the first one that I read. No one knows what they're getting but into. But it was that one. Uh, it was it was very like it, it was a great fairy tale. I uh, it, it, I was not expecting. Uh, uh, Fred the guinea pig or uh, Smash the ogre who is an aspiring writer like it was uh, it was an interesting cobbled together piece uh, so I, uh, I I ended up liking that one a lot more than I thought I was going to so yeah Chris and I felt the same way while we were reading through it the first time we were like it starts out and you're very confused as to what you're reading but by the end you're like that was adorable oh. and they loved it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's also by far the most likely story to have Rule 34 uh, generation. <laughs> For better or worse, I guess. Yeah, I, I will say oh, I mean, this, is, this is probably some form of inside baseball, but my favorite part about this journey from start to finish has been the, the Facebook messenger group that was created 
originally <laughs> to lay down the groundwork and the rules and to, to throw some feedback off of other authors that has spawned into um, it, it's almost had like fits of rage where suddenly it's been like it's been four days and no one has talked about the anthology or their writing process or bounced ideas off of each other. Instead, it's been four days of like um, like gifts and like <laughs> like pseudo porn. It's been wonderful. <laughs> I think pseudo porn make, oh. makes it sound a little more uh, appealing <laughs> than it is. But <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's not. It's it's not um, like um, it's not good porn. It's like Hungarian. So, porn, I, I, what, what you... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the. I'm yeah, looking forward no, to the exactly. second edition of the of the book where it says geek cast cover. It's not good porn. Thank you. That's well, actually you just you just titled this episode, Dalby, inadvertently. You have named this episode. Yes, I think I just titled the second anthology as well. If the now if the anthology could be some sort of uh, fantasy or sci-fi rule thirty-four. Uh, collection that would be fantastic please no honestly that's what i've been waiting for just to come out these last some few sci-fi erotica years. yeah rob yeah, rob would yeah, hit, exactly. his, yeah, his, hit his deadlines for sure amateur amateur sci-fi and fantasy erotica <laughs> well i think that should be the, where have we gone wasn't enough for you <laughs> I, I would like to point that the only sex scene in the entire book is in the first story, so I don't know what you're bitching about. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Allison, as you got pulled into this project, um, was there a conscious decision to not contribute a piece, to just take on the editorial role? Did you start one, think about one? Just was- uh, No, there was at no point a consideration that I would write um, – I am much more comfortable as of now in the in the editorial role uh, and helping people work through their stories and figure out what's best for them. Um, perhaps in well, the I future. Just wanna th- I want to throw it out there for volume me. two that I, I expect to see a, a, a smattering of your actual writing in the next one of these. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I am completely on board with that. Uh, Chris has been pushing me for this for months. I'll hurt it. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I, I don't no want to be that on. guy. I don't want to be that guy, but. But you will. I, I certainly expect to see a, a short story by our own Nick Cordero in the next anthology. You can, yes, if you'd like that. Sure. Oh, I would. Sure. Why Very not? Much so. Speaking yeah, let's realize, that's how you guys that's meeting how Ash the next one. Evil Dead becomes true, right? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of anthology number two, are, are there any are there any hints are, you can that you can drop on us? Any uh, uh, any thoughts behind the curtain as to what it might be about? Yeah, so um, Allison and I have both agreed that the second anthology will be a little bit different in structure. Mm-hmm. Um, it will have longer stories and fewer writers, and it will have an overarching theme. Um, really? We haven't decided on, on what that theme will be yet, but I think you know, this is what I mean. This anthology was was an excellent first step. I do encourage everyone to buy it. I think you'll have fun with it. I think everybody who picks it up will at least find a few stories that they enjoy, um, as mm-hmm. I think even with Nick, it seems to have been the case with you four. Um, for the second one, we're gonna do, we're gonna do a little bit 
a different approach yeah we want it to we want people to be able to to spread their wings a little bit the the limit for this was 10,000 words for each writer um, the next one will probably be 20,000 and we'll probably reduce the writers to about five or six wow <clears throat> and as just established the theme will be erotica <laughs> Sci- sci-fi erotica yeah of course um yeah actually i'm, I'm sorry it will, so it, will only be erotica. Erotica. it will it will only be 25th century sonic the hedgehog erotica based in western arizona <laughs> west that, arizona been, lim- that limits me but i can work with it <laughs> waiting for this my whole life i think i've already got stuff drummed up for this well, it's 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 very raising Arizona. It's got a feel like, oh, to oh. it. Oh, trust me, Arizona is going to be risen. If oh. it's a Nick Cage project, I'm out. <laughs> and it, and if you don't name your story Arizona Rising, you're just a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to double back to something uh, that that's actually interesting. I'm going to double back to something that Chris said earlier about the the origin of his piece um i actually really like that idea the idea for me i write better when somebody throws something at me randomly and i am not tasked with coming up with the topic of origin and that makes sense now having read your piece i can sort of see a little bit inside your head how that played out um i did read several of these i started with yours because i knew we were going to talk and of course, I was hoping I could really heckle you, um, but sadly, it did not come about that way. I, I really <laughs> did like it. And not just from the content standpoint, because I think especially when somebody gives a person, you know, that that fantasy umbrella that they can just either do one of two things, which is start picking apart pieces of every, you know, Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, George R. R. Martin story they've ever read and hobble it together or just completely go you know, take the left fork in the road, which is clearly what happened with yours. And uh, I just, I like that a lot, um, especially in a short story format, completely unique, um, very well written, the sentence structuring, the dialogue flowed. Um, I'm, I'm a literary critic. I write a lot personally and professionally, but I'm a huge proponent of creative writing, especially, you know, quote unquote amateur writing. So, um, that your piece in particular, um, I just I, I enjoyed from start to finish, which was not a universal theme for me in in the book. Um, and I do like an ensemble. Well, no, I, I I greatly appreciate that, and and I think what uh, what I've enjoyed with that universe, the the universe of, of the co-pilots, is to try and, and bring out the fantasy in the most mundane of, of daily activities. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily trying to do something unique, but thank you for saying that. Um, but I think what what works in that universe is that the gods are bored. The gods are just thoroughly, thoroughly bored. And we're not talking about like Zeus and Jupiter and Hermes. We're talking about gods that nobody's ever heard of. They've been sitting in heaven for millennia doing absolutely fuck all. Um, and so <laughs> they, 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 they begin, they, they've sort of exhausted their, their range of activities. They've exhausted... Uh, the normal ways of, of messing with humanity. And so they get involved in the most trivial of human events. And, and I think there's a lot of comedy there. Um, it's not necessarily just about being funny. I, I do try and bring a, a note of comedy to the piece. Um, but yeah, it's about finding the fantasy in the most mundane of, um, of activities. 
Well, and what that does is it, it makes it relatable. And I know that sounds a little odd in a you know fantasy creative piece, but that little bit of, of quirkiness there um, makes it a, a quickly relatable story and uh, approachable to probably a pretty wide audience. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. I enjoyed that. that. And the, the concept of an ensemble piece or a collection of short stories, I think, is you know not a – not a huge risk to take there as far as the book. I think it's a, a good idea, especially when you're dealing with, you know, not quote unquote professional writers who can really craft out, you know, a, a very, very long narrative. I mean, that's, that was a great idea for a project like this. Well, uh, as, as a, as a literary critic, do you have any, um, any specific advice for some of our writers on, you know, well, well can do that, that's a, that's a slippery slope because then the natural <laughs> response will be, well, write something better than Dickless. And, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can. That's can't. not the natural response that most people make. Yeah. That's the response I make. If, <laughs> if, some, by the way. if some jackalope on a podcast starts giving me writing advice, I would probably want to know what's your qualifications. Um, right. Well, I just, well, first I of all, I'm a mythical creature. So. <laughs> right, exactly. In my own mind, it's brilliant. Uh, so I, I, read, well, I read the book in pieces. Yeah, hold on. We're we're all half centaur, so. <laughs> I haven't practiced centaur in ages. Practiced centaur. Yeah, it's a little rusty. <laughs> anyway, continue. Sorry. I could not have been more derailed than I was by <laughs> half centaur background <laughs> comment. So, um, I did read. Uh, I read four of the pieces because I thought it would actually be you know the right thing to do to read some of the work before we talk to our friends. Yes, I'm looking at you, Ryan. Uh, I, read, I read stories. Don't give me that shit. Uh, um, sorry. So I read the. I, I I figured I'd start with Dolby and then I bookended it around it, and let's just say that there is a. Potential to uh, to agree to disagree on some of the other works on <laughs> the scope, um, and maybe I shouldn't have read Chris's first because then the the bottom kind of drops out in certain spots. Um, I really liked, uh, and I don't have the title list in front of me because I was scrolling through the 570 page file on my iPad, which is a lot of swiping. Uh, but uh, I think it's two down from yours, Chris. It's the kind of like race. Um, uh, it's the like space explorer, Martian universe time jumping guy. Threads in an inf- infinite tapestry. Yeah, that's race. That one. That's that one. one. Um, yeah. I I really liked that a lot for a lot of the same reasons I liked Chris's. That it was, while certainly there's some themes there that are you know popular. Uh, it was a, a pretty original way to go with it, and also good sentence structure. Just really excellent. Di- the dialogue flowed really well there as well. Are you laughing or mm-hmm. coughing, Ryan? Yes, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm on mute. I'm on mute, pal. Uh, I, uh, I know your I know your mocking tones. I'm not mocking uh, you. I, first of all, one thing I've learned from I'm mocking you. One, one thing I've learned from the Facebook group is that there's a lot of talented people in there. So it doesn't surprise me that Ray is talented because he's he's he is very talented, talented in all things. Right. Else. It seems like everything yeah. else he's into, he's really into well. So 
Uh, mm, Ray, I, Ray I, I just story doesn't shock me. Yeah, I I just thought it was um, one thing I'm just really kind of a, a stickler for is the opening paragraph of any piece of writing, um, creative or not, and to be able to start and finish strong and keep somebody engaged. I, I just liked that story. I liked what, what he was trying to get across and under 10,000 words. I thought it played really well. Very creative. Yeah. Sure I like that story. Yeah, that. that one really pulled Not that he gives two shits about what I think, but it's, you know, um, from a somewhat discriminating eye, uh, very strong piece. Yeah. That one for me, it, like I was reading it and in the beginning, you know, I'm, my husband's in the Navy and to in the beginning when he's talking to his family and getting his 10 minute phone call, you know, it like really tugs at your heartstrings. So that one, that one's up there with what my, with my favorite stories also. Yeah, that's really, and, and again, with the, with the ability to draw somebody in early. Um, and I, I, um, I was actually um, a, um, I, I, and Ray will, will know I've, I've spoken about this very early on when I started reading the story. I thought, is he overreaching here? Are the themes that he's laying down, the, this is, you know, very intellectual sci-fi, beautifully done, beautifully written. My worry was, is there going to be a payoff for this at the end? Is all the themes that he's bringing up possibly wrappable in 10,000 words? And he absolutely hit that one out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I oh, think, that, I th- that's awesome. Think it, I think it is my favorite story in the anthology, actually. Um, from like the first couple of pages when I was reading, I was like, okay, where is this going? Can this possibly live up to this? And it absolutely does. Yeah, I, I would I second the, that. Like the, Chris's, I, I probably from just a pure story standpoint, I like Dalby's uh, just a smidge better. Maybe just because it's, it's so easy to get it into and relatable. But uh, I thought Ray's Andrew's as a up. person who likes darker works or in general, I thought Ray's was, was really nice because it took, it kind of took you the whole little emotional gambit. You start with sort of that, what Allison was saying, where it kind of gets at your heartstrings and it finishes there too. Mm-hmm. Um, with, a with kind of an emotional, um, little rabbit punch. So, very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Now That's the awesome. opposite really end of the spectrum for every yin, there is a yang. Uh-oh. And for, for our yang, we have from a single seed a forest. Interesting. Not where yeah. I thought we were going to go. Wh- which, yeah, of, which, of you, which of you lovely people <laughs> was the head editor for that project? Uh, that um, was I believe I, I was I was the one who edited that story, yeah? Mm-hmm. Just ask him. <laughs> now I will I will I will come to the defense of that story um in, a, in an interesting way and it's not a it's not an apology for 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 what Jenny was trying to do with that story a number of stories in this anthology suffered from prequelitis yeah um, a lot of a lot of the stories um I think from a from a single seed of forest um I think Sword Cross Lovers as well. Um, both are stories that were written in broader existing universes. And one of the challenges there uh, was working with okay. the writers to uh, make sure that they understood that these stories are the first introduction to the universe. Uh, whether they publish them in, in, in future anthologies or not, um, the, for, the, for the writers, they had to get out of the mindset of 
I'm, I'm building this world and this is just one story within it. No, this is the first time the general public is going to have access to your world. Um, and so I think that a lot of the themes of uh, From a Single Seed of Forest are very strong, but I think they will be fleshed out in, in future stories. That that could make sense. I and there could be a case there where um, I'm known to get jaded, and like as we we're talking about how the opening paragraphs were very strong, and those other two that I cited, the the opening paragraph here confused me. It was sort of like a uh, half a sprinkling of George R. R. Martin Tolkien Star Wars epileptic seizure thing happened. <laughs> it was, um, it, was think- it was Silmarillion esque in a way. Uh, you know, but I, but I think it's it's what um, no, and I and, and uh, well, obviously I, I disagree. I think the story um, has has merit, but um, what I liked about that story compared to every other one was it was one moment, it was one scene, one encounter, one meeting of characters. Um, it wasn't an epic. It wasn't you know a man ten thousand years ten thousand light years away from Earth. It wasn't God's coming down to help a, a, a child. It wasn't a guinea pig running off into the forest with a dragon. It was one meeting, one single moment. And I thought that that as an idea was a very brave idea. I do like that, the sort of the encapsulated um, like a long shot uh, scene. Mm-hmm. I think it could definitely it could definitely go somewhere else. But like you just said, that makes more sense now with the idea that it's part of a fleshed out bigger world i think if you're going to do that long continuous you know shot it either needs more exposition on the front end or or make it really really uh, more simplistic and let the reader sort of fill in with their imagination some of the other points it was wasn't quite sure where they were trying to take you in the first you know thousand words or so no, that's and there not. is there is probably the most amazing run on sentence I've ever seen in that opening paragraph. There is <laughs> fifty two words and four commas and a hyphen, <laughs> which gets me all sweaty it's and beclamped. I ought to send you one of my research papers one of these days. One that you wrote, <laughs> or one that you graded? One that I wrote. That's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I think of all the things that kept me from because I you know when this thing Chris and I talked and talked and talked I, I kept sending them like you know I've got like 3,000 words but I'm not happy so I started over I've got 2,000 words into the story this time I'm not happy I started over my fear of a run on sentence is is almost crippling when I write well, because you know Nick, the grammar Nazi, will find it. Well, yeah, it I, I, I know that I see you've done that to me before, and so I've, I, I seriously, I've got, I got to the point where I was like, I, like you did, I looked down, I was like, huh, I haven't had a period in, uh, <laughs> like, since middle I'm school. Writing, yeah, Wait, I'm, writing, I'm, I'm writing, a, I'm writing a story here, like I'm, like I'm a scriptwriter for Christopher Walken. There's no punctuation at all. <laughs> <laughs> now that being said, I think there can be tasteful uses of run-on sentences. There can. Well, Dennis Miller is the king of like 
doing like he speaks as if he's using a bunch of m dashes and, and, and hyphens and well that's the problem with the written word is you can't hear there's no inflection to save you you know or <laughs> pace there's no pace and inflection so and when it's the second sentence of your story you know you can and the person reading it's a dick it can throw them off <laughs> <laughs> Because there's like there's like uh, some sort of of horse lording. There's a husband, a congress, a team of oxen. What else the hell is in this sense? So note note Too to high every high. woman note to every woman that Nick will ever hit on in a bar using a run on sentence will put him off. Oh yeah, you're getting none of this. Oh, instantly into bad grammar. <laughs> No, it, it's it, that was just something that I'm sure no, slipped through I, I, the I cracks. Think, but I don't think um, it's a written sentence. You're not looking at what I'm looking at. Using what coins she no. could recover from selling her ranch, she was able to buy a dozen wagons, oxen to draw them, and hire teamsters to drive it, and a squad of guards to protect it all. That's the main clause. And then in the middle of that is augmented with a few con- contributions from investors, most of them probably hoping to win favor from her husband, Mark Capo, due to his recent election to the Thousand Congress. It's an adjectival clause describing... If, uh, if adjectival is has. a real word, I will surrender. But if it's a made-up word... <laughs> I, I second will. that as a word, adjectival. Well, damn. You would. You would. The Google confirms it. How are you? How are you spelling it, Rob? Uh, like adjective <laughs> with evil at the end. <laughs> That's right. Adjectable. Adjectable. Yeah. Is that really correct? Because I was just. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. It is, it is a real. It's a real thing. And court. I'm sure. And, I- I know that all of you have been dreaming to say this for years, but Cordero can suck it. <laughs> if, Damn it. If, if the only definition of adjectival is on Urban Dictionary, it doesn't count. That's true. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the Urban Dictionary. It is. On, it is on the Urban Dictionary. And when on the Urban Dictionary, I'm they sure ask it's you, also on the Urban Dictionary. But I they do ask not you to print it. Urban Dictionary. Exa- all right. You should, because the example they give for it is adjectival is a real word. Cordero can suck it. <laughs> oh, well. And then it's got a picture of you. God, I, I hope look. I hope that Dolby, you're fast enough to have put that up on Urban Dictionary. No, I'm not, because it takes three days to have Urban Dictionary approved. Oh, really? Oh. Wow. So a, a collective suck it to the group, then. Does that mean that Urban Dictionary is slightly more reliable than Wikipedia? Did you know? That- well, yes, because no, nobody holds Urban Dictionary up as like some template of proof. Fair. Did you know, did you know that Wikipedia is actually I do. more accurate than Encyclopedia Britannica? Yeah, that's not surprising. It really isn't. Um, I also word, read what the. What uh, can we get put on Urban Dictionary that isn't there already? I took time. <laughs> Fair enough. No <laughs> <Yeah>. reject it. That word is way too white. Way too cracker ass cracker of a word. The 4K uh, Ku Klux Klan carnival could be a good. Uh... Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I did read the uh, the fourth one there. Um, that uh, Rob was touching on with the uh, 
the guinea pig and the ogre or troll or whatever it was. Um, Smash. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I I didn't love it nor not love it. Um, I just don't, I didn't have strong thoughts on it. So those were the four that I read. Um, I knowing that and knowing my opinions, what would be the next one that you think I should read? Um, actually, I'm surprised none of you has mentioned uh, what I think is the sleeper or uh, the the dark horse of this entire anthology, which is Through the Rift by Milan Palia. Agreed. Didn't get to it. Is so? Is that your answer yet, then? I'm... That should be where yeah. I would go on my flight home. Definitely. That was my answer think, also. You know, you know, Balaj okay. is, think, uh, uh, is, a, is a member of our group from Hungary. Uh, he came to this. English is not his first language. Um, and I think it is very original, very conceptual, um, quite funny in a very dark way. Um, I, and I, anyone who buys it should read that as one of the first because it's, it's a great intro into the book. Although it's the last but one story. <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm probably going to end up reading Ray's next, but I'll probably follow it up. Yeah, they follow each other in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up just skipping to the end and reading Nat Daniels. So I think an overwhelming point, though, is that regardless of what you know your taste is, and I'm talking to our audience here, you know, you've heard a lot of different type of people's perspective here, but there is uh, most likely something for everyone you know, in this anthology here, um, as long as you are, you know, at least in some way, shape or form a fan of sci-fi or fantasy, uh, I can guarantee there'll be something, probably many things in here to enjoy, um, and to possibly motivate you to write something of your own. So it's definitely worth an investment, uh, both for a good cause and to, uh, just support creative writing in general. So pick it up. You're here. Thank you. Order it. Hard copy, digital copy, print, whatever. Print moves on you. demand. I, we suggest rad. print on demand and have it for all eternity on your bookshelf. You, you can augment bookshelf with it, actually. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. And, and if you do need any uh, professional artwork done for your cover, uh, I do recommend you contact editor Alison Montalvo. Oh my gosh. That's. Not a great idea. <laughs> Way to sell yourself, Ali. Yeah. I, I now demand Allison's artwork on my copy. I mean, it will, it will be on your copy whenever you get it. It's the front and back cover. But uh, my, yeah. my version doesn't have a front cover, so I need to get one. What? No, it's because Ryan, yeah. asked, yeah. Ryan asked me for the PDF version. So the, oh. Uh, yeah. Well, as Chris is familiar with, but Allison, you may not be. At the end of our show, we uh, we'd like to ask you what you've been geeking on this week. Oh, and so you can either go first or last. It's up to you. Uh, oh, I get to choose. Yeah. Yeah. As our as our newest. You're guest. our most favored guest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Uh, nice. Bold. So, <laughs> Not a lot of people pick that option. Really? Well, mm-hmm. now I'm nervous, but um, no, go for I've it. been straight living in hotels for the past month-ish because I'm in the middle of moving, and I have been binging on Steven Universe. Does that count for the 
Excellent. That's, yeah. that's exactly that's exactly what we're looking for. Um, yeah, it's possibly my new favorite show, and I feel <laughs> slightly less like an adult for saying that, but it's amazing. No, no, it's great. You're show. On, you're on a nerd podcast, so I. I think you're okay. And you just and you just edited a book where a guinea pig and a dragon are friends. I think adulthood is out the window in this one. And we ship it. <laughs> and we ship it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a, a Netflix show, or I'm not familiar with it? What's what's? Um, uh... It's on Cartoon Network, but there are, I think there are two seasons on Hulu, and you can watch it on the Cartoon Network app. Um, okay, but it's. Yeah, it's a cartoon and it's kind of for children. It's like one of those where it's like, you know, entertaining like for, children, but for children, different levels for adults that children don't understand. No, not like Teletubbies. No, yeah, not like. <laughs> <laughs> but not Adult Swim either. Okay, I got you. No. Somewhere in the middle. All right. Um, SpongeBob esque. It's definitely worth. They're eleven minutes long. It's worth watching a few if you're bored. Oh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really it's, good show. I agree. It's excellent. Um, Allison, now now you because you were bold enough to go first, you get to pick anyone else you want. That was going to be my question. To. Wow, oh, yeah. what power! Um, let's go with the critic, Nick. What are you? What are you geeking on? She's a bold one. I like it. Um, I'm way late to the game. As if you listen to this show at all, you know I'm usually at least a month behind. Whatever's trendy. Uh, so I just got. A hold he he of just found there. a new band called uh, Panic at the Disco. He's really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got this great song. I write sins, not tragedies. <laughs> um, it's funny you say that. My daughter is going to see Panic this week. She's her yeah. favorite band. Yeah, love favorite that's, band. That's nice. Brendan Urie, super fan. Um, but oh, anyway, I digress. Uh, it's just yeah, true. <laughs> um, so I I finally discovered Westworld, and so we we knocked oh, it's yeah we we knocked that out uh, last week, wife and I. So um, I, I have very limited geek time, but uh, kind of carved out a strong week there of watching an episode and a half or so every night. Um, that's a that's a fun little mind fucky fucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't it? So super cool. Um it, it, critic that I am, it started to kind of lose me about episode five and it started to get itself right. But it took a few of those like lost season three, like little mini jumps. Um I agree. With uh whatever his name is, super bad guys, little army of uh like shadow men with horns i was like okay what where are you going but uh, Wyatt. yeah Wyatt. that whole but uh overall just i mean for the same reasons that i was complimenting dolby's piece i like things that are um kind of very very off the mainstream path in terms of you know creativity and uh i'm, I'm not obviously everybody likes westworld so i'm not saying anything profound but um enjoyed it very much Nice. Very cool show. I am going to throw it back to uh, my southern nemesis, Mr. Dalby. (laughs) Uh, Well, I have been um, reading Terry Pratchett's nonfiction work. Um, I'm obviously, as I think 
many people who are listening to this show are huge fans of Discworld. Um, they released a collection of Terry Pratchett's nonfiction. Um, it's called The Slip of the Keyboard, Reflections on Life, Death, and Hats. And awesome. it is just if, if don't don't read this if you've never read Discworld. Don't read this if you're not a Pratchett fan. But if you like me, if you cried when when Sir Terry died uh, of Alzheimer's in, in 2015, um, 2016, sorry. This is all his nonfiction stuff going back to like random articles that he wrote in the 1980s for like random fanzines and random mags, right to wow. his final to his final battle in the UK to uh, to get euthanasia legalized. Um, because he was he was dying of Alzheimer's for a number of years, and uh, he he famously called it an embuggerance that he couldn't choose the way that uh, he was going to end his life. Um, <laughs> and I think it is it's it's masterfully curated. It, some of the pieces you don't you don't understand why they're in there, but once you finish it, it, it just shows you thirty five years of the life of one of the finest creative writers ever made. What was that word? Embuggerance. Yeah, he, he designed yeah. the he invented the word embuggerance for if that's not a Alzheimer's. word, that's our urban dictionary project then for this week. <laughs> Tribute. So yeah, Terry Pratchett, a slip of the keyboard. I can't recommend it enough. Nice. Fantastic. Very cool. What's your choice now, Dolph? I'm gonna throw it back to Joe. I uh, so we've we've been off for a month, and so I've actually been dipping my fingers into lots of little things that I don't always have time to rephrase. <laughs> no, <Nope>. rule people. <laughs> you just you just rule thirty four. You're welcome. <clears throat> um, we'll so fix yeah. that and post it. I would say probably the, the biggest thing I'm geeking on is uh, sometime in like 2009, I'm pretty sure, Ryan gave me um, Stephen King's On Writing, and I finally got around to reading it, and it is phenomenal. Um, if you just – and it actually works out to that it fits the theme of the show. If you have an interest in continuing to write or to write professionally, I would highly recommend reading Stephen King's On Writing. Um, everything in it, it was really fantastic and really helpful to me. And so I, I hope it would be helpful to other people. It is a cool, nice, book. awesome. That, that, that intrigues me. Let's check that out. You would, uh, yeah. you would really enjoy it. Nick, a lot of his rules, um, to writing are right up your alley. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would. I would love to read that. Actually, it also paints a very vivid picture as to why he hates Twilight. Mm-hmm. Does he need to really <laughs> paint any sort of elaborate reason for why? No, but you can. No, but, he's no, but that King, doesn't mean so. that he can't or should. Well, <laughs> yeah. I suppose he can say it better than I can even think it. But yeah, it's it's really good. So and and I think the the advice he gives at the end for uh, how to break into the industry is uh, indispensable. It's really, really helpful. So, Rob, how about you? What are you geeking on this week? Well, uh, it's definitely been less profound than that. Uh, I recently started watching uh, the Netflix original Lemony Snicket's uh, Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, that's really well done. Neil Patrick Harris is a, a fantastic Count Olaf. They they do a really, really good job encapsulating the stories. It's wonderfully done. Now, did you read the books? And 
Oh yeah, no, I read those way way back whenever I was in uh, middle school, I think, or like early high school, something like that. Sure. Um, and yeah, no, it, uh, it tastefully done. It's it's just it's just like watching the books essentially. Uh, and Patrick Warburton does such an amazing job as Lemony Snicket narrating. Like it is just fantastic. Mm. So really, really uh, pleased with how it's uh, been done so far. I've yet to finish it, but I'm uh, probably a little over halfway through an hour or so. So that's two really high yeah. recommendations for that show that I've gotten from people whose opinions I respect. I, I would really recommend it. It's really good. Okay, it's very well done. Yeah, Ryan, what about you? Uh, I've been dabbling back in Lost a little bit here and now on my sleepless nights. But, uh, really thing of, yeah, yeah. I've been, I think that might be why I was so keen to pick out Saeed because I've been watching. He, sh- he shows up in weird places, man, through life. <laughs> and I, well, and I haven't been watching lost like linearly. I've been like, like, Oh, here's an episode I liked. Oh. You've been watching it the right way. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's not what I've been geeking on this week. Um, the young Pope. Uh, is what I've really been into this week. Uh, HBO and Jude Law's new miniseries. I cannot recommend it enough, folks. It it tells the story of a like a well, how old's how old's Jude Law? 47, 45? Something like uh, that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a pope that's that old and American. And um, all these, all these old time cardinals who think they know how the, the church and more specifically the Vatican is to be run, um, go head to head with forty year old arrogant American pope, and it is priceless. I laughed episode four. I laughed almost from start to finish, and I don't think it's supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> Like, uh, All right, well, I will have to give it a go then. We know the kinds of things you laugh at. It doesn't have to be a comedy. <laughs> well, at one point, there's a nun who's crying, and the Pope says, why are you crying? And she says, my sister's dying. And the Pope says, what's wrong with her? And the nun looks at him and says, she's dying. <laughs> and I fucking <laughs> lost it. Just I don't Something about that interchange was like, that's that's tremendous. So, yes, the young the young Pope. Be sure to watch the young Pope. Is that based on a real pope, or I? I don't is it, think so, and I don't think it's based on a. Which one was Sidious? <laughs> uh, Darth Sidious was. He was the emperor, actually, not not a pope. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you're mixing okay. with Jar Jar. You're mixing real life and Star mm. Wars again, Rob. Oh, that that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Has there ever even been an American pope? No. And there most likely never will be an American pope. I wouldn't think so. That's that's uh, that's too much American power in the world. Yeah. Well, isn't Trump pope? <laughs> yeah, I think so. No, he's he's God King, God Emperor. Yeah, yeah, demigod. Cheeto, Vol- Cheeto Voldemort. Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to it's maybe a later show but we'll have to figure out if you guys can do your research get back to us on to what his horcruxes are so we can well we know the hair the, is the, the wig one, right yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that hair is definitely so. One. Is it like is Trump it like tower? Is, is his hair equal to like Nagini? Is that mm-hmm. he keeps <laughs> no, it close Melania so that he can protect it? Pat. No, Melania is feeds it at night. Melania is she a Horcrux? Mm. <laughs> yeah, Melania. she's Nagini. <laughs> poor, poor woman, <laughs> robot. Mm. Robot. <laughs> well, we will. Uh, where? Couple things. Trump stakes because nobody would ever think to look there. <laughs> Trump University. <laughs> we digress. Would go there. <laughs> where where can uh, where can our esteemed listeners uh, find and purchase our lovely collection that is Delve? Um, so Delve is available on Amazon in Kindle and in hardback, paperback. Sorry, paperback. And where could our listeners, if they chose to join? The greatest group of trollops and vondroops this side of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> to start with, we are, the, we are we're working on the vondroops, but we are the greatest collection of trollops on any ocean, just to be clear. You should have done your research a little bit better before the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find us with a simple Facebook search, a Song of Ice and Fire group with a top um, search. We have about 53,000 members right now. And we all, we, we've seen an uptick in the couple of days after the last two times we were on. So we hope to see it the third time as well. Oh, look at that. Nice. Yeah. Giving something back. If, if, if you're lucky, Chris Dalby will give you a nickname. <laughs> True. And if you, and if you do buy, uh, it's sort of a little scavenger here. If you do buy the print hard copy, soft copy version of the book and you find Chris Dalby, he'll write a poem in the front cover for you and autograph it. This is true. Uh, it's true. But only if it's about rule th- only if it's about a, uh, a slash relationship between a guinea pig and a unicorn. Uh, sorry, guinea pig and a dragon. My pleasure. It's your it's own artistic it. world, also man. Yeah. It, it's your you poem, will. brother. Good man. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, you two, uh, Chris, for the third time. Thank you, and Allison. Was uh, you were glorious. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We will uh, we'll, uh, get back. Right. We all, always love it, guys. All the best. We'll catch up with you hopefully real soon. Thanks a lot, Nick. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Dead silence. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. If you're one of them reader sorts and you're always on the go, we've got something for you. Check out Audible.com slash GeekCastLive for a free 30-day trial. Find some of your favorite books recorded for your mobile convenience. Check it out. Who knows? You might learn something, like the fact that all Stephen King books should be narrated by Morgan Freeman's brother, Sam. Hey everybody, GCR. I want to talk to you about waywardraven.com. These guys are creating some pretty rad content, and you can find it at waywardraven.com. Use our discount code NECKBEARD, save yourself 15%, and, you know, make yourself feel good about a purchase. Not like that rowing machine you had to get because you thought for sure this would be the year you lost weight. You know, don't get one of those. Don't get one of those copper pans where the eggs don't stick. 
Get yourself a good, independently created comic book. Do it. Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chapsnatter, and listen to our twats, especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Well, that was the first episode of the fourth season. Uh, we're happy to be back. We hope you're happy that we're back. And uh, I, you know, we have a lot planned. So stick with us. Keep listening. Thank you for listening. And uh, welcome back to the Bit of Bass. This week's Bit of Bass is a little something I picked up from HBO's The Young Pope. It's Senza Un Perche by Nada. Boy, I butchered that, I'm sure. Enjoy. Parla mai.